On this episode of How to Actually Change the World, we talk with Lauren Dennis, Regent University alumni and current Penn State med student. Lauren talks her experience as a student at Regent as well as her time in med school. Enjoy the show. Well, welcome to How to Actually Change the World. My name is Darvin Wentes. And I'm Ray Pearson Ben. And we are your hosts, and we're excited. Today, we have an awesome guest. This is a, a friend of mine uh, and a really great person who's doing some awesome things in the world. Before we get into our guest, let's uh, just Go ahead and click that like button. Go ahead and leave a comment and also hit that bell notification. That way you can get notified every single time that we drop the podcast. Mm -hmm. So without further ado, mm -hmm. our guest today is Lauren Dennis. Lauren, please hi, say hi. Hi, everyone. I'm so glad to be here. Yes. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. We are so glad that you're with us today. Lauren, um, just say some fun thing about yourself, some fun, fun factoid that no one knows. Okay, so um, I picked up a hobby that I'm very bad at, that I enjoy, <laughs> and it is rock climbing, indoor rock climbing. Okay. Mm -hmm. It is wow. one of the few things that you can do both with someone, but like your result absolutely affects them in no way whatsoever. Okay. And you get so you to, can't take somebody out. No, no, you can't. You can't hurt anyone when you're very, very bad. Okay. <laughs> but it's been a lot of fun. That so. is so great. Yes. That's, that's ironic. So I've been recently listening to. Um, there's a it's a, a show a, a movie about a person who's free soloing. Um, mm, and. Yes. I have listened to a couple podcasts with him on it, and yeah, so so odd that rock climbing. I just listened to it a little bit ago. True so. story. I think it was the trailer for that movie that made me want to go oh rock climbing the first time. <laughs> wow. Yeah. There was like a free rock wall on my campus, and so I was like, oh, sure, let's pick up this hobby. Now, is this something <laughs> you think that you will actually take out? into the real world of climbing? Oh, absolutely. I love hiking. I love hiking. <laughs> I love being outside. I just have to learn how to line, like, climb with ropes that I have to carry uh -huh. and it doesn't yep. just repel me upwards. So. Well, that, that in itself sums her up to me as fearless. You oh, are yes. really fearless. Uh -huh. That's yes. wonderful. Thank you. That is kind of you to say, but I'll tell you, there's a lot of fear. It's just the keep walking part that has to happen. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, Lauren, I like I said, I am a friend of yours. Yes. You're a friend of mine. We've yes. known each other for a while. Uh, we actually met here at Regent. We did. Uh, and you graduated Regent. Would you tell this us a little bit about your story? Um, yeah. So... I am a Regent graduate from 2019. That was the year that I graduated, so I started here 2015. Um, came in knowing what I wanted to do. Um, I wanted to be a doctor, and it was one of the first couple years that Regent has had our biophysical science program. Mm -hmm. Had a meeting with the incredible Dr. Stewart, who now no longer is one of our professors, but we do have our lab dedicated to him. Um, and he sat with me for 45 minutes and just answered every question I could throw at him about our science program. And I signed myself up and I did mm. science here for three or four years, did a minor in psychology, um, and then was accepted to Penn State School of Medicine directly following school. Mm. And so mm. I took no gap year, which is kind of unusual. A lot of med students these days um, take a gap year before under between undergrad and medicine, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I didn't. I just said, 
we're just going to keep doing this thing. So we just kept walking through. That's that fearlessness. She just keeps going. I just keep walking. And and that is the thing because fearless people are not without fear. Mm -hmm. They just have the courage to press. Yeah. Yeah. And so... Um, from from chatting a little bit prior to um, us starting, I mm-hmm. think you're in your fourth year. Are you in your fourth year? Yes. So I have just completed my third year, so I'm actively in my fourth year of medicine. But I um, signed up to do a dual degree program. Oh, okay. So it's an MD, MPH, standing for Master's of Public Health. And so oh, just yeah. finished up my third year of medicine, and I'm starting my Master's of Public Health. Mm. It's usually a two-year program, but they mm-hmm. crunched it down to uh, accelerated one year. Year. So that's what I will be starting in August. Well, wow. you very put, excited. You pretty much leaped out into this, you know, academic world of of your goal mm-hmm. during a really pivotal time yeah. of the COVID pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. So, how have you found that your faith has helped you press as, in your medical journey? Hmm. That's a good question, Ray. Honestly, um, I there's my sister has this phrase. Um, if dependence is the goal, then weakness is an advantage. And it's mm-hmm. something that to me has struck a chord for years, years and years, because we tend to um, get angry at our weaknesses or angry at the struggles or the difficulties that we run into. And I think medicine has just been full of that for me. And we mm-hmm. can talk about it more. But um COVID happened in the spring of my first year of medical school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that kind of flips everything on its head. Um, but it also did that for everyone. Like, mm-hmm. that's not something just unique to my experience. That was everyone's experience was yeah. things that changed. Um, and I think recognizing that we can do nothing without the Lord. Mm-hmm. It's something that just became very, very aware in all of our lives. Um, but also when I was in medicine, like it just showed up to say, I can do nothing without the Lord. Yeah. And so if I'm not drawing from him, mm-hmm. I'm going to feel empty. Yeah. And I, there were plenty of moments where I did not draw on the Lord's strength and I felt empty. And then I'd cry out and be like, what are you doing? Um, and he's like, well, he said, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 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 And I, I think that is that's that's what we need to always keep in the forefront of our mind, that if we if we're not being dependent, like. We're not doing it right. Yeah. 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 I absolutely love that. Yeah. Right? That phrase is awesome. Mm. If dependence yeah. is the goal. Weakness, weakness is an advantage. Is an advantage. advantage. Yeah. yeah. And it goes right along with scripture. Like it's yeah. a turn of phrase, but it's also like we boast all the more gladly in our weakness. Amen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. When, when we are weak, he is what? Strong. He is yep. strong in us. And yeah. so I love that because that totally changes your perspective mm-hmm. on seeing things that are your advantage or your strength and what right. is your weakness. Right. It's just like, what's your strength and what's your even greater strength, which is your weakness? Because yeah. that's when you know, let me sit back and mm-hmm. let God work through me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, powerful. Yeah. And it's something, this is kind of off of this topic, but I think it applies to what we're talking about. Like, in medicine, people often ask me, like, oh, man, you must, 
like people who are Christians will say, you must really have to depend on the Lord so much for your work. And they're absolutely right. 100% mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. the time, like I am needing to be attentive to what the Lord is saying because you're working with people, you're working with humans and lives and yeah. sicknesses and things that are challenging. But I always want to flip that back to whomever I'm talking to to say, yeah, mine, it's like obvious. Like it's it's blaringly in front of me. And I think the Lord did that because he knows that I can be a little dull. And so he gave me a career that it's like right in front of did me. You, you I need the I Lord. Don't think, I don't believe that. For, I just don't believe listen, that just for listen. The point is, the point is in all of our jobs, no matter what calling the Lord has put us in front of, yeah. we are all in the same amount of desperation yes. absolutely, yep. for the Lord to help us with our work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yes, mine might be like, there is someone who is sick in front of me. And so it's very obvious that like, I need the Lord's provision to help heal that person. Mm-hmm. But no matter what career we have, what we're doing matters for the kingdom. So that means we need the Lord's provision yes. deeply absolutely. entrenched in what yeah. we're yes. doing. Yes. And yeah recognizing that and acknowledging our dependence, even if we feel like, ah, this is rote, like this is something I do every day. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's where that true goodness of the Lord's glory lies in our life, you know? That's such an important Mm -hmm. thing. Yeah, we were talking, so I go to a community group on Tuesday nights and um, we were talking, someone mentioned the rich young ruler. Um, And I think this is something that a lot of people don't, don't realize within the church itself, within those who who claim Christianity, who um, like that that know I am a believer. Mm-hmm. A lot of them don't realize that, like they know their desperation. They've they've realized their desperation. If they truly trust in the Lord, we realize our desperation, and then every day of our life in sanctification is realizing more and more how mm-hmm. desperate we are. Mm-hmm. But those who are just sitting in the church who don't know Jesus. They have not realized mm-hmm. that desperation. The rich young ruler mm-hmm. didn't realize the desperation he had mm-hmm. for for the Lord, and this is this is why you know riches are in a form like it's not an evil thing, but in a form it keeps people from realizing mm-hmm. their keeps desperation. Them blind. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. it keeps them blind, and so like that's so important for us to realize is that yeah. you as a doctor, yes, me as whatever, yes, mm-hmm. I need. Jesus for every single moment, every yeah. step. Yeah. Without him, we can do nothing. Exactly. Amen. Yeah. I think also just being sometimes too smart for your own good can also become an idol. Yep. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and, and take and cut you off from understanding how much you don't know. Yeah. And I think yeah. the the farther I've gotten in my relationship with the Lord, the deeper I've gotten, the more I found out. I don't know yeah. and yeah. the more I yeah. need him yep. and I, I think it's a beautiful thing yeah. to find out how vulnerable you are to the Lord but how much it's the safest vulnerability yeah. that you can yeah. ever find yourself in. Yeah. yeah, I love this conversation and I love that I know your testimony and I know yeah. uh, but the world doesn't know. Could you tell us a little bit about your testimony with Jesus? Mm, I love Jesus. (laughs) Um, Man, grew up in the church, um, grew up with a family that loved and honored the Lord. Um, And my mom impressed on us. I have three sisters. They're my best friends. And my mom impressed on us from a really young age that we were not accountable to her. We were accountable to Jesus. Um, 
the relationship that we have with the Lord was something that had to be true to us, not just the practice that we did. Mm -hmm. And I took that for granted. I thought that was what everyone's experience was. If they grew up in a Christian home, Mm -hmm. um, found out later that's not true. But I, I definitely knew Jesus in a real way from a really, really young age and grew up serving in the church and definitely am a lifer, like definitely a lifer in trying to figure out all the fun baggage that comes with that. But it was um, uh, when I came to Regent, um, running after the Lord, wanting his heart, um, but was pretty caught up in my own ability to achieve Mm. um, and to accomplish, be the goody two shoes that like I thought was uh, necessary for loving the Lord. Mm -hmm. Um, Sophomore year that I was here at Regent, we went on a mission trip to Atlanta and I had been on mission trips before, and it was interesting. The Lord had just kind of prompted my sister and I. The year before, the mission trip happened over spring break, and we were both like, man, I don't really think we're supposed to go. But this year, the sophomore year, I looked at her and I said, I think I'm supposed to go on this trip. And she's like, I think I'm supposed to go on this trip. And we went. And I do not say lightly, it changed my life. Mm-hmm. It was simple serving. We were at the Dream Center in Atlanta, Georgia, and just every day we had a different project. Not only did the Lord give us a community that affirmed the vulnerabilities of each other, mm-hmm. but there was a message that was delivered the Thursday we were there, and we call it the kingdom message, anyone who went. And it basically just summarized the gospel in a way I hadn't quite heard it, um, or at least the way that my heart needed to hear it, which was... If I serve the Lord, but he is not king of my heart, Mm -hmm. I'm not actually serving the Lord. I'm serving Mm -hmm. myself and I'm serving a picture of what I think being a Christian looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, And they just told the story that like, what was the gospel that Jesus told the disciples to go out and preach? Like we think of the gospel and we're not wrong to say that it's Jesus dying on the cross for our sins. Absolutely. But what did Jesus tell the disciples? Go and preach the good news while he was still alive. What was Mm -hmm. it? The kingdom of God is here. Mm -hmm. And being freed from our sins because of Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection allows us to embrace the kingdom and to make him king of our lives. We wouldn't be able to do that Mm -hmm. unless he died on the cross for our sins. But the fact that Jesus is our king it destroyed me. (laughs) And I have literally, I've never been the same since that trip. Um, because I just heard the gospel in a way that my my little heart, um, I would read the story of Mary when she would pour the oil over Jesus' feet. Mm-hmm. And in my, my just prideful, pharmaceutical mind, like I couldn't understand the verse that said, those who have been forgiven much, love much. I felt like I, well, I never, I didn't have this great testimony of like running from the Lord and coming back. So will I ever be able to love you much? That was an honest question mm-hmm. that I had asked the Lord. And it was through that time of that trip and just the things that the Lord did in my mm-hmm. heart through that year and my time at region in general, where the Lord said, um, in my eyes, you have rejected me. And mm-hmm. that is the the deepest sin that one could do. And I loved you in that. Mm. And so you have an immense amount of love that can be poured out because I forgave you of the biggest. And I just saw like we all have the same level of forgiveness that has been received from the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so we all have this alabaster jar that Mm. we have to be able to pour out on top of them. 
And, and it's um, just, oh, it's I'm so not, good. You can get me worked <laughs> up because that that is, you know, you know, I don't know if you know CC Wine and oh has a, yes, has legend, a song. yes, Alabaster Box. Come and on, I can um, start, <laughs> start bawling right because of of what God has loved me through. Yeah, and, and how He has loved me even in times when I didn't mm. see the love yeah. I didn't see myself as being lovable yeah. and how yeah. in love with he was with me yeah. and it does girl yeah. you're trying to yeah. okay. get me going we, we don't have been, to start worshiping in a minute <laughs> we have been having such an awesome conversation we have to take a quick break but we'll be right back to this because we have so much to dig into so thank you Lauren we're going to take a quick break for the fifth year, Military Times ranked Regent as a 2022 Best for Vets College. MilitaryFriendly.com also named Regent University a top 10 military-friendly school. Learn more about Regent's military benefits at www.regent.edu military. All right, and we are back, and we've been having such an awesome, awesome, amazing time. Like, praise the Lord. He is so good. She's making me want to stop and do a praise break. (laughs) I mean, all the time. (laughs) (laughs) We took a little bit of a praise break. Y'all didn't know, but we we were taking a little bit of a praise break. We'll have to get some reels for you guys, uh, some shorts for you guys to see the praise breaks, because they are so fun. (laughs) Well, I... After talking to you, I mean, you're so unique. I, I, I love your spirit. You have such a unique and special spirit. Only a person like you would would be, gravitate towards a special program. Can you tell mm-hmm. me about your, your med school program that's so special and unique? Yeah, absolutely. So <clears throat> for anyone not familiar with how medical school functions, it's a four-year program after undergrad where you study medicine. You get an MD by the end of it. Normally... The most traditional program is there's two years of basic science, lecture, learning, classroom. You take one of your board tests after that, and then you have two years of clinical work, um, the last year being kind of electives and applying for residency. Um, This program has worked for many years, but Penn State School of Medicine, very established school looked into some of the more novel ways of teaching medicine and said we have the capacity the bandwidth to do a satellite campus and so they set up a satellite campus on their state college main university campus which is a much smaller program only 12 students per class still Mm -hmm. accepted through Hershey School of Medicine but you had to apply for this additional program and they do a very unique form of teaching. We do not do two years of lectures. We do problem-based learning, which is group setting, PBL. It's a, it's a newer form of education. We do that mm-hmm. the first year. The second year is our clinical rotations. We're jumping in. We do a longitudinal integrated clerkship, big words, but basically mm-hmm. means rather than doing blocks, we do all clerkships all at the same time. Wow. Um, complicated, but mm-hmm. I think a very, very effective form of teaching. Oh. That last third year, we jump back into basic science. We go and refresh ourselves with all of our learning, and then we take our two board tests right after that. So those are the gotcha. things I've just completed um, before starting my so, master's. So this innovation of study has mm-hmm. really worked well for who you are. I think it has. It has kind of back to what we've been saying, pushed you, revealed my weaknesses, revealed my mm-hmm. my places that I struggle. I think I probably would have felt 
a lot more smooth had I went into a traditional program because by the time you're in medical school, you're a professional studier. You mm-hmm. give me a PowerPoint mm-hmm. and I can take a test. <laughs> but this program uh, pushed me and it pushed me to start thinking critically yeah. from day one okay. of medical school. Yeah. And the learning curve was huge. We joke about all the time in this program, the J curve of like you go down before you go up. Mm. Wow. But I think in the long run, I'm going to look back on this and be like, I'm glad I did this program the way yeah. that I did. Um, and it's somewhat newer. Oh, me jumping in all these new programs. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> our stats have been really good, at least oh, for my awesome. campus. And so that's encouraging. I have some yeah. big shoes to fill in getting into residency. But some of my colleagues have just done phenomenal jobs in getting into some oh. really, really great residencies. That's, I can tell she'll so be great. just fine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm excited. I'm excited. I, I can't wait to see where Lauren goes. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. It, incredible mind, very smart. Uh, we talked a little bit about, you know, your very your opinion of what too. what mm-hmm. means constitutes smart. But by mm-hmm. my definition, by my opinion, my opinion, you're very smart. Yeah. Um, that And that's an interesting way of learning, too. Yeah. I, I think, you know, kind of thinking about like my experiences and some of the like skills that I've learned, I think I've learned them best when I got a little bit of a taste of what the theoretical is mm-hmm. and then I actually tried to apply mm-hmm. and, and started failing and mm-hmm. failed at applying mm-hmm. and learned why and maybe got good at applying it even without knowing the theoretical yeah. mm-hmm. and then learning the theoretical and then all the all the, the light bulbs just start, start, yeah. start exactly. clicking. Exactly. Know? And that's the intention for this yeah. program. Yeah. And that's kind of how we grow up, isn't it? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, when yeah. you're when you're a kid, you don't you're not taught like when you uh, your mind tells your arm to move up, your arm moves up. Your arm just moves up, and mm-hmm. you're like, "Oh, that that yeah. happens." I Intuitive learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So that that's an interesting way. That's pretty cool. It is. Um, it's fascinating. Watch. You'll see. I think a lot more PBL-like programs developing, not just in medicine, but in academia in general. Yeah, yeah. That's super cool. Well, Lauren, um, you uh, you've gone through three years already of medicine and medical school, and you have gone through all of your undergrad here at Regent. How do you think Regent prepared you for mm. walking into the season that you mm. were in? You know, I think sometimes we want to discredit um, Christian education by thinking that it is somehow keeping us in a bubble. Um, and I do not share that perspective. Mm-hmm. I firmly believe that it is a greenhouse yeah. for mm-hmm. growth. It yep. strengthens us. It mm-hmm. empowers us so that when we are transplanted into a real life, quote unquote, situation, we are able to develop roots yeah. that grow mm-hmm. us. I don't think we are meant to stay in the greenhouse forever. Mm-hmm. Absolutely yeah. not. I think mm-hmm. that was one of the biggest mm-hmm. things the Lord did in me was break me out of my um, majority Christian friend group bubbles. But um, understanding what you believe and why you believe it mm-hmm. yeah. matters. Yeah. yeah. Understanding what is true, what is good, what is beautiful, as yeah. one of our gen ed classes teach us, it yeah. matters mm-hmm. because it's going to be relevant in every conversation we have. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just going to be in the philosophical ones. It's going to be about why we do what we do. Um, if I would not have been nurtured mm-hmm. in this environment, I think I would have come out with a lot um dimmer view of what my God really is capable of doing. Mm-hmm. So then when I've, I face the world and kind of the hopelessness that our world offers us, I have in the back of my mind, but I know what he'd done before. Yeah. 
And that's what I, I get to carry with me into yeah. my workplaces mm. and into Amen. the places where the Amen. word spreads us. Praise God. That, mm. that is, that's a good word right there. Yeah. I have in my mind, I know what he's done before. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that is literally the entire narrative of the, mm-hmm. of Bible, of the Bible mm-hmm. is yeah. I know what he's done before. Amen. I know he and can it, carry us through. And I know he's trustworthy. it just increases your faith. Yep. You know yeah. what he's done. He's already proven himself. Amen. Yep. And so it's just yeah. like, why would you now think I wouldn't show up? Yeah. yeah. And so in saying all of that, just so people can understand that you're not just the superhero because oh. you oh. <laughs> I've tapped into the gospel now. <laughs> but what what would you say has been your greatest challenge as you per- have been in pursuit mm. of your med and how did you overcome? Mm. Man, greatest challenge. I will say the last 3 years have been the hardest years of my life in general. Mm. Med school has not been easy, not just academically, but I think relationally, I think leaving Regent was mm-hmm. a culture shock mm. for me. Yeah. Um, jumping into a world where I had no Christian buddies. Like I did not have people, I had a network. Regent gives you a network. You yeah. have community to reach out to, mm-hmm. but learning how to invest with the people you're around. I spent, yeah, years trying to find that and get that integrated. Um, I think the greatest challenge has been trying my hardest, giving it everything Mm -hmm. that I had and falling on my face Mm. and failing school tests, like being in medicine, Mm -hmm. putting off everything. No, like I will not go to that event. I am going to prioritize my work, like doing all the right things and failing the tests. Yeah. That is a punch in the gut because it starts to think, man, maybe I really am not enough. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Maybe this is the moment where the Lord's drawing the line and saying, hey, like, no, this Mm -hmm. is not what it is. Um, And it's it's silly because I always am like, it's a test. Like people deal with, quote, real world problems. But something I think I learned this year was like my real world problems are my academics. They are my career. And I think other people who are listening might have that, too, who live in this kind of world of academia. Mm hmm. Um, and recognizing those are the moments that I have to ask the Lord. I have fallen on my face. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to get up again? And the answer is yes. yes. <laughs> yes. The answer is yes. Mm-hmm. And it's persistence. And it's yep. it's not doing it for sake of the goal. It's doing it because God told me to. Mm-hmm. And like yep. that's the obedience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think uh, for me, the greatest challenge has been giving it everything I had and it not being enough. Yeah. Not yeah. being enough yeah. to reach whatever the uh, threshold, the expectation is, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and trying again, yeah, and trying mm-hmm. again because that's Praise what the God. Lord told you to do. Yeah, and, and can I ask right you, um, once you've hit that point where you mm-hmm. fell on your face and you had to go back to the Lord and say, you know, am I enough, and and am mm-hmm. I walking out what you have ordered for me? Yeah. Once you got over that hump and you saw that, yes, this is what I'm supposed to do, how did yeah. you feel at that point? Describe that for our yeah, folks yeah. so they can know that I just <laughs> need to keep pressing. Yeah. Oh, you! I feel like there's so much freedom, right? Because you know it's not about you anymore, yeah. right? Like, you you throw off every weight that hinders, right? Mm-hmm. As, like, Hebrews tells us, is, yeah. like, after that point, you realize, like, we're limitless. Mm-hmm. Like, we're actually limitless because if I'm able to not be stopped by things that, like, the world would say would be blockades or detours or guardrails, yep. like, 
anything actually is possible Mm -hmm. for what the Lord would want to do in and through you. So don't limit yourself to like, I can't conceive in my mind, like I can't conceptualize how this could be accomplished. Um, You feel so free from any, like any chains that there might be. yeah, I, I think that's I wish ex- I had the verse just in my exciting. mind. But that's exciting. It is. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. It's exciting because yeah. you know where your help comes from. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Man, you, you know, something about Lauren that like people may not know, but they know now because they're listening to this <laughs> podcast, uh, is that Lauren can speak the word. Like she mm-hmm. she is riddled with scripture mm-hmm. and uh, that is it's tattooed such, on you yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. it is awesome because it, it's that. cool getting to see you know when when a mature believer has the scripture written on their heart mm-hmm. it's not just something that they go to they pick it up and they read it to someone mm-hmm. it's they go to it and they're living it out it's being lived out in their words mm-hmm. and it's riddling through all of their thoughts mm-hmm. you know so it's your part of your dna yeah yeah it and, becomes a part of your existence completely yeah. and how you how you see the world how you function yeah. how yeah. you carry yourself and, and you don't always have to give a, a citation you know you don't always mm-hmm. have to give a reference it works if you're around believers but if you're not like you just quote scripture and they don't even know that yep. scripture yep. <laughs> that is so very eloquent yes. <laughs> you're like 2000 years ago my dude like, Dude named Moses. Um, He said, it's not mine, it's Moses. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So uh, that said, like, you have been in rotations and you have gone through some of the hospital systems. What was that like? And how how did Mm. you feel like your faith, like, was really exhibited in those times? Um. What do you mean? Like interacting with patients? Yeah, interacting with patients and uh, how it molded how you how you treat patients, how you mm. like, you know, bedside manner is a huge thing for doctors. So <laughs> yeah. like, you know, all of those things that, you know, someone who doesn't know the Lord, they think about it in whatever logical way they they think. Mm-hmm. But you have a mind that is desiring to honor God with mm-hmm. everything that you do. So how did that apply then? into your life in rotations? Hmm. That's a good, that's a good question. I think it's always helpful for some self-reflection to be like, hey, is my life, um, if people looked at my life, would they see the gospel in it? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, I have a couple of different things that I could say. I think one, it's fun rubbing up shoulders against people every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew one of the moments, like through this journey, I've consistently been confirmed medicine is what I'm supposed to do. And I think one of the ways was like I was doing a work and like being a good doc- doctor means you care deeply about the person that's in front of you. And I'm like, huh, that's also what it means to be a good Christian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. what I loved about it was like being a doctor for me is yeah. going to make me love Jesus and serve Jesus better. And that was one way that I was like, oh, this is my calling. This is what I'm supposed mm-hmm. to do. Yeah. I think something that is important to remember, though, and something I was very surprised by is doctors and nurses and hospital workers are some of the nicest and kindest people I've ever met. Like, sure, Mm -hmm. there are bad apples. Don't get me wrong. It's Mm -hmm. not a perfect system. In general, the people that I have rubbed shoulders with are so kind. And many of them do not claim faith. Many of them do not... um, say that they know the Lord. And there are moments that I'm like, you are being way kinder, way less judgmental than I am in this moment. Mm -hmm. And I think what it really hit me, Darwin, was God did not make us to just be nice people. Because if this was a nice competition on like who's the nicest and they'll know you are a Christian by the fact that you are nice, mm-hmm. um, we would lose a mm-hmm. lot of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
because there are some incredibly kind people in the world. And like C.S. Lewis writes about this is that we weren't made to be nice people. We're made to be new people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but what I think I learned was it's those moments where the rubber meets the road, where it's loving unconditionally. Mm-hmm. It's choosing not to grumble or complain so that we can shine like stars mm-hmm. in the sky. Yeah. Like those moments where um, you can go the you could go the extra mile or you could not. Um, you could choose to see this as a person rather than seeing them as a sickness. Mm-hmm. I think yep. that constant mindset, yeah, it's it's just kind of lived out in our life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think I'm just constantly reminded that, like, being kind is is the baseline. Mm-hmm. Like, there is mm-hmm. so much more that the Lord has also called us to do yeah. in being forgiving and putting other people's needs above our own. Yeah. Um, I, I think, honestly, Darwin, it has just showed me I have a lot of room to grow. Yeah. <laughs> that is what I think I've awesome. learned I mean, the most. Yeah. I know that we're, we are wrapping, we're coming mm-hmm. to the end, but I just have to ask yes. for something. The, the mesh or the blend of science and faith. Oh, How have you felt about that and how do you function in that? Oh, that is too big of a question. <laughs> that is way too big of a question. I know. Oh, it's science just- and faith are dancers that dance together they are uh, a violin and a cello and a symphony like they mm-hmm. they but run so together right so equal like they're so equal just look at scripture where it says like it's the glory of god to conceal a matter it's the glory of kings to search it out god's yeah. glory was in making Amen. the world look seamless mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. our glory as scientists to get to say okay but do you know what's actually happening mm-hmm. when that happens yep and faith is Everything we do is going to be based off of a faith. Like um, if you choose to believe in evolution, in the lack of the supernatural, you have to have faith Mm -hmm. in order to embrace that ideology. Mm -hmm. In In the counter effect, I have chosen to say... I believe that science operates as an instrument of the Lord's workmanship. Amen. Amen. And within faith, I get both a intellectually satisfying answer for the creation of the world and also a philosophically satisfying answer for those deep aches of my heart of like what is my purpose why am i here why do we exist what is a human being i get both very well put in being a christian yep i I could talk about that (laughs) i love it i could talk about that forever lauren we do have to hang out i'm down coffee anytime Oh my gosh. Well, yeah, like she said, we're we're coming up and wrapping up. It has been so fun having you on ah, the podcast, Lauren. So good to see you. We always ask this last question. Um, we want to know f- from your perspective and the life that you've been living, all the things that you've had in your life, how does someone actually change the world? Hmm. How do you actually change the world? Jesus told us how to change the world. He told us, he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and all your strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's not going to like, don't hear what I'm not saying. It doesn't mean that you're not supposed to dream crazy dreams about how the world could be flipped on its head. Like we said earlier, we are limitless. Mm -hmm. We can dream that the Lord could change an entire health system to produce it for his glory. Mm -hmm. But how that's going to be done Mm -hmm. is by doing the simple things with excellence. Amen. Amen. That's awesome. Keep dreaming, but like put your hands to the plow and love the Lord and love the people around you. Praise God. Man. 
This is so good. We'll we'll have to have I've you back on the podcast chat. at some point. <laughs> Come on, somebody. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you guys for joining us. If you guys like the podcast, please like, subscribe, go ahead and leave a comment and hit that notification bell if you want to get more notifications about any time that we're dropping the podcast. My name is Darvin Wentes. And I'm Ray Pearson Ben. And that was how to actually change the world. <laughs>